0: Hello, and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners, and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James, and thanks for joining me here today. Hey, hey, how you doing? Nick James here. What a phenomenal time to be live. Welcome to episode three of Open and Real Q&A. Javala, what have we got today, questions-wise?
1: So today, the first one is from Amanda and it's what steps do you go through to have a sell-out event? Okay. Um, Amanda, surname?
0: Uh, No surname. No surname. The mysterious Amanda. So um, what steps do you go through to achieve a sold-out event? Great question and very timely since we are just about, as we're recording this, to sell out the next Expert Empires in September. So I think we're... We're down to like the last 50 or so tickets. So by the time this episode actually goes live, we might well be sold out. Um, So what are the steps we've taken to sell out this event? Some of the things we've done are the same as what we would ordinarily do, what we normally do when it comes to marketing, promoting an event. But there's been a few differences that I'm happy to share. The first Thing I think that's been the biggest factor. I was actually sharing this with Ad, our head of marketing, this morning. The first thing that I think has been the biggest factor with us selling out or about to sell out this this event in record time. We've never sold out an event this quickly before. The first factor is, um, frankly, that the last event was so good, and so um, and by the way, that's not just my opinion. Um, all of our surveying, all of our data suggests that client satisfaction was at an all-time high at the last event, which meant that a large percentage of the people that attended the last event purchased tickets for the next one at that event. So we were already, I think, we were already probably 25% sold as soon as we finished the last event in April. Then I think the next kind of 25% of tickets Um, were sold to our existing client base, members of our mastermind, our academy, people like that. Um, So we just sent out texts and emails and gave them a call and said, hey, you know, giving your first chance to grab a ticket before they go on general sale. And we put them out um, at a discounted rate uh, as a thank you to those clients. Then I guess the remainder have all come from the launch, the kind of normal marketing. But it's probably worth mentioning that this event was 50% sold out before we did any marketing per se. Um, so then the key factors as far as marketing and selling tickets to the public. Um, first of all, we always pre-launch tickets. So we spend about three to four weeks running ads, sending emails out to our database, interviewing speakers, publishing content on social, et cetera, et cetera. We spend three or four weeks doing that where tickets are not on sale, but we'll just say, hey, If you're interested in coming to this event, get your name on the priority list, and then when tickets are available, we'll send you all the details and the links to purchase, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if you're really keen to attend the event, you can reserve a ticket. So there's an option for people to actually pre-register and reserve a ticket in a certain section, um, general, VIP, elite, or access all areas. So the more people we get to do those two things, one, get on the priority list, and two, reserve a ticket, clearly the more tickets we're going to sell. And I think, Jav, I'm right in saying that we had best part of 2,000 people, just under 2,000 people get on the priority list and about 500 reserved tickets. So what that meant was when we went on sale to those groups of people, um, we, we sold you know a couple of hundred straight out the gate, um, hence why, as we sit here today, we've only got 50-odd tickets left Um, We're actually slightly oversubscribed, but we know because we've been running these events for years now, we know the data in terms of how many people are likely to cancel or not be able to make it at the last minute. So we can oversell slightly, um, but not loads just in case I'm wrong and everyone turns up. So, um, yeah, hopefully, Amanda, that gives you a bit of an overview as to how we do it. A couple of things I suppose that are important is whenever you're marketing or selling anything, whether it's an event ticket or something else, you always want to create a feeling of urgency or give people reasons why doing it now is better than doing it later. So um, when we launched tickets, the first 100 tickets, I think, got a free upgrade. So if you purchased a VIP, you got an elite ticket. If you purchased an elite, you got an Access hilarious ticket, um, et cetera, et cetera. So there was an incentive to people to do it there and then and be in the first 100 Um we also uh, have, in fact, as we're recording this, I believe today, um, we have uh, an increase in price. So, um, again, it gives people another deadline, another reason to, if they're on the fence, if they're thinking about it, they're not 100% sure, then here's a reason why it'd be a good idea to make the decision now rather than dither and delay and procrastinate. Um, because look, we do, human beings, I'm the same. You know, I've done this before where I've been thinking about purchasing a product or a service or a ticket for an event. And then I haven't um, because, frankly, there was no reason for me to do so there and then. I could have just waited, so I did. Um, So, yeah, those are a few things, Amanda, that we did. Hopefully that's helpful to sell out our Expert Empires event in September featuring Stephen Bartlett and Marie Forleo. There you go. little commercial. Not that we need it because we're already pretty much sold out. But if you're watching this or listening to this and you haven't yet got your ticket, I don't know where they would find the information. Go to the main website, expertempires.com. There's probably a button there somewhere to direct you. And if there are any tickets left, then you should get one.
1: Yeah, I'll put a link in the description as well.
0: Perfect. There is a link in the description on the
1: podcast and
0: I'm guessing on the YouTube channel as well. Perfect. Thanks, Jav.
1: Next up. Okay. The next two are from Nick Feeney. Yes, Nick. So what is your morning routine and do you have an evening routine? Yeah. What's my morning routine?
0: Do I have an evening routine? More so mornings. Um, So yeah, morning routine is pretty locked in. So get up at 6.15, immediately get dressed to go to the gym, uh, head downstairs, eat, um, and make sure I've drank plenty of water, head to the gym, normally get in the gym for about seven o'clock, spend an hour till eight, Um, or missed out a couple of things, In the car on the way to the gym, I'm normally listening to podcasts, audiobooks, that kind of thing at the moment. Obviously, with Stephen Bartlett, headlining Expert Empires, I'm listening to the diary of a CEO, consuming a lot of his content. Um, So use that time effectively. Um, Then train for an hour, um, sometimes weights, sometimes more conditioning type stuff. Um, And then again, on the way back home from the gym, listen to content, podcasts, audiobooks, et cetera. Get ready, shower, dressed, eat again. So making sure that I'm fueling my body and making sure I'm drinking plenty of water. Normally get to the office and sit at this very desk um, at around about 9.30. So it's kind of like a three-hour process. Um, and, and that's um, three hours every day. Uh, there's a couple of little things in there that I've mentioned. So you know, me and my wife, while I'm eating my breakfast, we have a bit of time together, which is nice. And um, after I get back from the gym, before I have to get ready, I maybe have a little bit of time with um, my youngest, uh, Ty, before he goes to school. Um, unfortunately, Zach, my oldest, he, he has to go and get to school earlier, so he normally leaves while I'm I'm out while I'm at the gym. Um, so a bit of family time, um, but mostly it's focused on getting myself mentally physically emotionally ready to be as productive as effective as possible each day evening routines less so i'd say i do kind of have a bit of a routine in the evening but it's less structured less rigid um definitely a little bit more fluid um and yeah i'm now giving you real insight into like what 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 i'm all about and what my life's like so um we we normally eat quite late actually one of the things i started doing and I started doing this in 2020, and I know it was in 2020 because in 2020, I, I might have mentioned this before on the podcast or um, here on the YouTube channel, I gave up drinking alcohol for the whole year. Um, and not every day, but often my way of relaxing, winding down, switching off at the end of the day would be to have a glass of wine with dinner. That would be kind of not every day, but, you know, probably two, three days a week would be quite normal Um Uh, or, you know, I'd go for a beer with a couple of guys from the office or whatever after work, um, and I decided to stop doing that. Um, So what I started doing, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, I don't really know why, um, I started having baths. So, like, I take Jav's laughing now. Um, No, I'm serious. I'm like, look, I'm nearly 40, so this is what happens when you get old, Jav. You're like a youngster. How old are you? Uh, 25. 25 makes me sick. So, um, yeah, I started having baths, and I tell you what, like what it's so relaxing and and so even that even when it's weather's really nice at the moment um even though it's hot and sunny like really great way to relax and um and then you know then i can have dinner and me and Nat normally just um once the kids have gone to bed normally just watch um watch you know a netflix show or or at the moment we're watching this is us on amazon prime what a show absolutely brilliant so we've always got something um, a show of some sort on the go that we watch together, and um, I suppose that just gives us a little bit of routine. Um, I got really disciplined as far as evening routines go, um, really disciplined around bedtime. So like, I'm now strict 10:15, 10. 10:30, 10. Um, because I started tracking my sleep and my heart rate and all this stuff on one of these things called a Whoop strap, um, and the, as, as I always say, whatever you measure improves because as soon as you start paying attention to data and numbers, it starts to demonstrate and show you the impact your actions or lack of action have on your results. So um, yeah, the Whoop strap was, was recommended to me actually by um, some clients of ours that are sponsored by Whoop. Um, and I got one and I started noticing my sleep patterns based on what time I was getting to bed. Um, and as soon as it goes beyond 10.30, it has a massive negative impact on my sleep so yeah i'm normally in bed by ten thirty at the latest um up at quarter past six so yeah i'm getting a solid seven and a half hours per night pretty much pretty much every night um and that makes a big difference to my energy um and therefore my performance in the gym my performance you know day-to-day as well so yeah good question nick that's kind of morning and evening evening's less structured um Uh, But still, you know, I think there's a few things there that I do that are important for me. And, you know, I'm not saying everyone has to do these things. It's up to you, whatever floats your boat, really. Day in the life of Meg,
1: Jack.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, real quick, if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I do not run ads. On This podcast and what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in and so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to keep so since 2010, I've been using keep which was previously known as Infusionsoft to automate. All the sales and marketing in my business deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft, recently rebranded, to keep k-e-a-p and what i've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey so go and get a free demo all you need to do is go to keep.com that's k-e-a-p keep.com forward slash empire builders and by using that link i've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo. And when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the show.
1: The next one from Nick is, what do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? Um, I think the,
0: the answer to this question has probably changed over the last 10, 12 years. I think when you have kids, it does change, um, or it did for me anyway, because like before that, it would have been all around, like I want to be remembered for building an amazing business, for making a big impact through our events and through our masterminds and projects like you know the podcast, not that the podcast existed 10, 12 years ago, but you get the point, You know things that I've created that make a difference. And it still is that. But I think once you have kids, you know, ultimately, as much as, and please take this the right way, as much as I love the listeners of our podcast and our YouTube viewers, and as much as I love our mastermind members and our event attendees and our team, I love you all. um, And I certainly, you know, wouldn't have built what I've built and have the life that I have without all of those people. Um ultimately, you know, what's most important in terms of what I'm remembered for, I think as parents, you know, if you've got kids or or you are blessed enough to have kids in the future, your 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 legacy essentially lives on through your kids. And so for me, you know, the what I think I'm most likely to be remembered for is actually what Zach and Ty create and become an the impact they make. Um and of course, you know, generations onto generations. Um, you know, I think I, I I'm always really mindful that I believe that my kids, our kids, have benefited from all of my our positive traits, and they've also suffered from all of my many and Nat's few negative traits. And, and those things will be passed down from generation to generation in the same way that they were from my parents and grandparents and so on. So, yeah, I think what you'll be remembered for directly might be what you did. But actually, I think for, for um, myself, for anyone who's a parent, what your, the, your real legacy is who your kids and their kids become. Um, and I don't think we should ever underestimate the impact we have on them Our parents had on us. Um, You know, I spent a lot of time as a kid with my grandparents. uh, Certainly less time, a lot less time with my dad. um, And, you know, uh, I'd say somewhere in the middle, reasonable amount of time with my mum. And, you know, I can safely say that all of my positive traits are as a direct result of those people, those four people. And all of my negative traits are a direct result of those four people. And so, um, you know, I think. Uh, I think the same is true as I look forward into the future as well for my kids and their kids and so on. Deep. Very deep. Deep answer. Yeah. Um, great question, though. Um, yeah, thanks, Nick. Great question. Really got me thinking.
1: Right, the next one is from Claire Morton. Great, Claire. What you got? What's the best and worst sales experience you've ever had?
0: Okay, what is the best and worst sales experience you've ever had? Um, by the way, are my feet in the shot on this video?
1: No.
0: Good, because I'm not wearing any shoes. <laughs> um, my, my shoes were like pinching me a little bit, so I, I took them off. Um, I didn't want anyone to see my stinky bare feet. So it's actually worse than that, as Jav will tell can see. Uh, it's not actually bare feet. I'm wearing those little little pop socks that my wife wears with high heels, because um, then they don't show with my little trainers. Anyway, so these are my little, little trainers that I'm wearing today, you see. And they look better with no socks. Anyway, um, what is the best? And what is the worst sales experience I've ever had? Um, by the way, I'm, I'm going to answer this two ways. One, what's the best and worst experience I've ever had as a salesperson, um, but then equally as a customer, as a consumer? Um, best sales experience I've ever had um, as a salesperson, if you want to call it that, um, was actually quite recently. It was at the last Expert Empires event, I think, Um. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was at the Expert Empires Global event. So it was a virtual event. Um, I'd never run a large scale virtual event before. So I didn't really know what I was doing, what the differences were going to be between selling live in a room versus virtually. Um, And at that event, we didn't have our biggest ever result in terms of sales made, numbers of sales, but we had our biggest ever result at a single event in terms of cash in. Um, which blew my mind because my expectations, to be honest, were relatively low on the basis that we'd never done it before. Um, So that was like the best, it's got to be the best sales experience I've ever had. Um, (laughs) Worst sales experience I've ever had um, was one of our Expert Empires events, and I'm not going to say which one, just at the risk of it offending anyone who was there or part of it, but one of our Expert Empires events, let's just say it was one of the bigger events I've ever run. It was one of the biggest budgets I've ever invested in an event. Um, And let's just say that the sales result at that event was not quite what I was hoping for or expecting. Um, And so fortunately... Um, because of the business model we have we didn't lose money on that event but let's say we didn't make a lot of money on it either and a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of risk and a lot of emotion and blood sweat and tears had gone into that event um and then um yeah for us to not achieve the sales result i was hoping for or expecting was um a little bit upsetting to say the least um basically i was in a foul mood for about two days um which my family, of course, had to bear the brunt of and a few of the team at the time. Funnily enough, one of the team is still part of the team and she actually mentioned this. Um, we were talking about it a couple of days ago and she was like, oh, I was like, I know I was a bit grumpy. She was like, yes, I remember. You were foul for a couple of days. Um, worst and best sales experience as a customer. I've shared this story quite a few times um, with our clients and um, when I'm speaking on stage about various different things. Um, a number of years ago now, I'm going to say it was 2013. Um, I'd had a relatively um, significant financial windfall, and um, I decided to go and buy a new car. So I went into uh, the Audi dealership, which is about 10-15 minutes from here. Um, I walked in, and I went, "Hey, I'd like to buy an Audi R8, please." Um, and they were so incompetent and bad. Like the the uh, the first response I got was. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the the rep that deals with that car isn't around right now, so you'll have to come back. They didn't take my phone number. They didn't take my details. I just walked out. Ridiculous. I went back a couple of days later. Same thing happened again. Didn't get my details. I was like, how hard is it to give these people my money? And then finally, I got in there, spoke to the guy, um, but he did such a poor job. I just lost my patience. Probably my greatest weakness. I'm you know, relatively impatient. Um, I just lost my patience. And um, as it turned out, a friend of mine, around the same time, actually, we'd done um, the deal that gave me the financial windfall was actually a deal that we'd done together. So we'd both, we were both, I wouldn't say flush, but we thought we were. We were both kind of mid, what were we, late 20s, early 30s. Um, so yeah, this is like 10 years ago. And uh, yeah um so he just bought a um i don't mind sharing he bought a ferrari um and he was like oh you should go and speak to you should go and speak to the this guy his name is andy uh, you know ferrari great paul ferrari in in solihull um and I, was like, I don't really fancy a ferrari and he was like oh yeah but they've got maseratis they've got all, you should go and see him he's really good literally the opposite experience so like it couldn't do enough for me I didn't feel sold to either. I felt like he just really cared. He was listening because I said, like, I wasn't in for a specific car. I'm just, and he was, like, asking me loads of questions about the R8. He was, like, what was it you really liked about it? And, you know, what color were you looking at? And, you know, what what are the things that you weren't so keen on? And why is it that you weren't interested in this car instead? And he got all the information and he went, right, I'm going to send you a few. He got all my details. I'm going to send you a few options as I find them. Let me have a look see what I can find all over the country. And he'd send stuff to me, he'd call me, hey, have you got the email, what do you think? Um, And I think probably the process was maybe a month or six weeks, but I ended up purchasing a car that was actually more expensive than the one I had gone to buy in the first place. Great experience, great experience. And I didn't feel sold to, um, I just felt cared for, I felt like I really mattered. Um, And you know what, even now, I still get emails from them occasionally and I have a look even though I'm not really in the market for a car. Um, And that that guy actually, you know, he he did uh, keep in touch. And I went back in a couple of times, didn't buy anything, but I've recommended them, referred them to other people. Just shows you the difference um, was was absolutely huge. So, yeah, that was my best and worst sales experience. All kind of rolled into one because it was was, um, from the same period of time. Nice.
1: Okay. So the last one is from Gary Stewart. And he wants to know, when you're starting off on your own, how do you keep yourself to a schedule when you're only accountable to yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah. Good question, Gary. And, and look, something that I certainly have struggled with in the past, and I think it's human nature, most people do. Um, you know, When you're starting out in business, you're on your own. Um, you don't necessarily have... I think the first mistake people make is they don't actually have a well-structured plan. Um, and by the way, if you listen to this on the Empire Builders podcast... We've got previous episodes which take you through our strategic planning process. So have a look through. That will help with getting a clear plan of what you need to prioritize, what you need to do and when. Once you've got the plan, then Gary's question is appropriate, which is how do you make sure you stay accountable? So um, there's a few things that I've done over the years to hold myself accountable when I didn't have a team. Like right now, I'm ultimately accountable because there's 25 of us in our team. and. I'm the person who's ultimately responsible for driving results. So, um, and you know, everybody in the team, of course, owns their own area that they're responsible for as well. So, um, the best advice I could give you when you're on your own is um, first of all, make sure you've got a clearly defined strategic plan with goals and tasks to be completed and dates to have them completed by. And then the second bit of advice I'll give you would be to involve other people. Um, because with the best women in the world, it is hard to stay disciplined on your own. Like This is why most people that join a gym never go or don't go consistently because they don't have accountability. The reason I go to the gym consistently every single day is if I miss a session, A, my trainer is abusing me, sending me messages on WhatsApp. Um, B, I've also got other people at the gym that will wind me up and tease me and say, say that I'm slacking and this this keeps me accountable, right? So involve other people in your business, find other people like you who are at that point where they don't have accountability, don't have anyone else involved, and you can buddy up and hold each other accountable. Of course, you know I'm going to say, join a mastermind group or something like that, which is what we provide, but you don't have to. You can absolutely create your own accountability by... Pairing up, buddying up, partnering up with other people in the same boat. And the best, for me personally, the best form of accountability, which does involve others, but not necessarily buddying up with one person, is public accountability. Whenever I've made a big decision to do something that I knew I needed accountability to follow through on, I've told as many people as possible through social media, through speaking at events, through whatever. I'll just... When I stopped giving, um, stopped drinking alcohol in 2020, I made the decision, end of 2019, first thing I did, posted it on Facebook, told all my friends and family, started talking about it on stage, on the podcast, et cetera. Well, not the podcast, because we only started that in June 2020. Um, who knows? If I'd not made that decision, maybe we wouldn't have even started the podcast, right? Um, so yeah, I think the public accountability works for me particularly well, because I hate failing so much. I don't want to fail publicly. I don't want people to see me fail or um, to see me not follow through on something I said I would do. So, um, yeah, I think involving others is probably the answer, Gary, um, either through people that you know that you can buddy up with or just you know public declaration of your intentions um, or what you're committed to doing. That's a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for listening, for watching, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone, for submitting questions. If you'd like to put questions forward for the next episode of Open Real Q&A, then send them to jav at expertempires.com. That's jav, J-A-V, at expertempires.com. Remember, more you connect, more you collect.